and welcome to In My Forever Humble Opinion, a podcast where we talk about Marvel superheroes or anything of the sort. Um, my name is Harriet Enzor. I'm the producer of this show, but I'd like for us to introduce our two hosts that we have here. Okay. Hi, I'm uh, Mel. And uh, I'm Daniel. And today we're talking about WandaVision and our expectations of the show um, and anything that has to do with WandaVision that we deemed, you know, incredible, amazing, or that we thought fell flat. So um, I'm going to hand it off to our two hosts. Um, Thank you guys so much for joining in and you guys can take it away. Thank you. Yes, thank you. Okay, so I personally really enjoyed WandaVision. I thought it was a solid series, especially for Disney's kind of first foray onto the scene of Marvel. I I take I was slightly more mad on it. I was really excited when it first started. I thought the cur- first couple episodes were, were pretty fun. And then I thought mm-hmm. the middle of the season was really a high point. I thought there was a lot of potential there. And I just got, I got wiped out by the last two, three episodes. I just couldn't do it. I just, I was really, really let down by all that. So. Why were you let down? I'm just curious. <laughs> there was a lot of different things, but like the, I think it was episode eight is the one where they basically just do her backstory. And it's a 40 minute episode or whatever, where they're basically like, Hey, in case you didn't watch age of Ultron five years ago, here's what happened. And I'm sitting here and I was like, I actually watched it with my dad. And by the end of it, we kind of looked at each other and we're like, didn't we already know all that? And we we're both kind of like, yeah, we did know all that. So that was, that was pretty, that, that was like the low point of the show, um, I think for me. But I was also just a really not a fan of the final episode. I thought the final episode was pretty disastrous in most cases. So yeah, I agree with that. I feel like they tried to put too much into the last episode and it fell apart so fast. What was the what, what was the stuffing point for you? Like what broke it? What I don't know. I would say the whole white vision, red vision thing was kind of weird. And they're in this library talking about the ship of Theseus. And like obviously now it's become a meme, like everything else. And I was just like, okay, like what was the point of that? <laughs> okay, but that was my favorite scene of the whole episode. When you just get like two robots, because it was a reflection of the end of Age of Ultron, where you right. know Vision and Ultron have that really great philosophical conversation, and I thought that was really, I thought the White Vision was dumb too. Uh, I yeah. think it was a ripoff of Logan, uh, where there's yeah. you know the X twenty four. Yeah, yeah. I, I, even though I didn't like the whole extra Vision thing, I thought that little five minute segment was at least interesting. I was like, oh, this is like a real philosophical argument going on. Yeah. I think probably my favorite part of like the later episodes were the commercials. I loved the commercials, especially the Lagos paper brand commercial, paper towel one. I have no recollection of the majority of those commercials. <laughs> the only one I remember is the random one where the kid just like withers and dies on an abandoned oh, island. Yeah, and it yeah. was like, okay, okay, Coraline, like whatever, you know, like <laughs> Okay, so just to recap, they have this one, I want to say it's episode four or five, where they have the Lagos paper towels, and it's like, for when you make a mess, you didn't intend to, and it's like, essentially, they're wiping up, like, red juice, which is kind of like a reference to Wanda destroying the vision in Lagos, and it's like, oh, she has the blood on those hands of all those innocent people she killed, and I was like, oh, that's kind of cute, in a way, like, not obviously that people died, but, you know. We love murder. <laughs> murder. <laughs> yes. Uh, like I said, that's 
great. And I'm sure each of them was very symbolic and important, but I just like didn't even care. It did not even register to me. I was like, all right, cool. This is happening, I guess. Yeah, I feel like, I don't know, the one that you're talking about, which I think was like the yogurt one or whatever, just felt like so out of place compared to the other ones. (laughs) It's like its own little mini movie. Like, all right, cool. Yeah, and it's like that creepy, like early 2000s, like claymation. I think the thing that really, like, I think the thing that bugged me, I think the most about the end, other than the fact that I think Agnes being the villain the whole time is a was really boring um because when I, I watched the first episode with some people um and as we were watching it someone like the second agnes walked in and started talking someone went she's the villain and i went i hope not and then it was agnes oh my god and it was like okay cool you know like i don't know i i felt that was very i felt agnes got kind of screwed over i thought them playing catch in the sky with magic was a really bad final battle like it was some, you know, Man of Steel level animation, except even more boring. I don't know. Yeah, I feel like, and obviously, like Agatha is completely different in the comics. She's kind of like almost a babysitter and like a good person. And I think that uh, Catherine Hahn played the role great. Like yeah, I don't no, have yeah. anything against her, but I just yeah, think no. it was like, oh my god, like Agatha all along, like that was cute. And then it was like, like what? she just wants magic like what's the real point like I don't know I feel like they they were like I think it was episode like seven when they revealed who like Agatha Harkness was really was and then there was not a lot of room for to like expand on it and it was like oh I'm gonna bring Wanda through her past which we already knew so it was like okay yeah, and I think it you you bring up a good point in that like there really wasn't anything to do because to me the natural conclusion of the show as we were building toward it was where Wanda was the villain, like the whole time, like Wanda was the problem there. Like that was never in doubt to me. And it really felt like, and I think part of my problem with the final episode was that whoever made this decision, whether that be, you know, Kevin Feige or a director or someone else or a writer, um, but someone made the decision. We actually haven't made a superhero show and our fans are expecting a superhero show. So we need a villain in a final battle now. And we can't actually have like a moral argument about these characters. We just have to cut to the action. And that that really let me down uh, personally. That was my pitfall. Yeah, I definitely feel like, and apparently they had plans for like a bigger fight or whatever, but I felt like it just took so much away like I I wasn't looking for a fight in a way so yeah but I definitely agree that oh sorry that Wanda was supposed to be the villain because even Monica like says to her when she enters like the hex for whatever like the third or time or whatever that like they're making her out to be a villain and it's like no like she's kind of already a villain so yeah it just it and especially since like the stuff that this is based off of, which is House of M, which I haven't read. I've read synopses of dozens of times, uh, yeah. but I haven't read the actual storyline itself. Like Wanda is the bad guy. Like so even their source material, like Wanda is the problem. And, you know, I'm not saying that she had to be evil. I'm just saying that like there has to had to be this recognition of like, oh, my God, I'm I've done something horrible. And like, you know, fixing that is, you know, and I think they tried. But like at the end, you know, 
Monica had this line that didn't sound very Monica at all. That was where she was like, oh, it's totally okay. They'll never know like what you've sacrificed for them or something. And it's like, you mind can, like you basically mind entire town for like three weeks and it's totally cool. Like that didn't, that doesn't, that doesn't make sense to me. That like that logic doesn't add up. Yeah, exactly. It just, I don't know. It felt ingenuine in a way. Do you guys think that there was maybe a better way to do that? I, it wasn't her intention to make those people feel that way because it was like a burst of energy that transformed the town. I think you cut Agnes like as a character, you know what I mean? Like as the villain. Yeah. And then I, I, I was also really let down by the fact that you brought in, um, I can't think of his name off the top of my head, but the, the actor who played Quicksilver in the Fox films, mm-hmm. you bring him in and you yeah. basically tease, you're like, hey, this is how we're going to bring the X-Men into the MCU. And that's what I thought was happening. And that got me really excited. Yeah. And then it turned out he's just like a dude. And, you know, like how much more interesting would it have been if she actually did sort of like recreate Pietro and like, mm-hmm. instead of dealing with Agnes, she ends up like either fighting or like wrestling with this brother that she made that isn't her brother. Like that just, that's so ripe with conflict. And then they just dropped it. And it was like, what? Yeah, it was like, they set up this whole kind of interesting thing with Pietro coming back for like a boner joke. Like, okay, like it was so dumb. And, and he had great lines too. Where he yeah. was like stuff like, oh, are you going to go kill your husband again or something like that? Like great one-liners. And then, yeah, it just got completely thrown away. And you're like, okay, cool. Or whatever, I guess. Like, Yeah, I think it's going to be interesting because obviously we know that Wanda, if you don't know, spoiler, that Wanda is going to come back in the Doctor Strange uh, multiverse movie, which... I think they're really setting her up to be the villain of that movie, which, I mean, we'll see. But I think she's going to bring Billy and Tommy back because you can hear their voices when she's astral projecting in the end. Yeah, I've heard a lot about that. And, you know, I I have not, I've done my best to not, like, absorb everything that's coming out about the new stuff. Um, yeah. But I do know that I thought the villain was supposed to be um, Nightmare. Or is it's either Nightmare or Mephisto. It's one of the two. Yeah. And um, that's really exciting. And like, that's really interesting. And of course, Sam Raimi's directing it, which is a big deal, I think, for a lot of people. Um, But yeah, I don't know. If she does end up being the villain, I don't know how I feel about that. Because I feel like if, if the ball gets dropped when you have nine episodes to develop a character then how are you going to fit that into a movie where you have, say, two and a half hours at most and you're trying to make it a a Doctor Strange movie, right? Like, is it even going to be a Doctor Strange movie or is it going to be another Civil War where it's a Captain America movie? You know, like, what's... Yeah, like, where do you draw the line? Because I feel like people don't even consider Civil War like a Captain America movie. Like, it's another Avengers movie, in my opinion. Avengers 2.5, yeah. Yeah. I feel like they were trying. They were like, ooh, Age of Ultron, like, didn't have the best reviews and everything. We need to save the Avengers. And they were like, Civil War. Like, they just kind of, like, threw that out. And it's like, okay. Yeah, Civil War is kind of a weird midpoint, I think, and gets thrown with a lot of stuff. We could do a whole discussion, I think, on Civil War. It's yeah. just like how messy I, that movie is, at least to me. 
Um, yeah, it is a messy movie, but I think it kind of, in a way, saved Marvel's ass in a way. It did come at a, at a, at a point where uh, we'd had some real misses for, yeah. for a good couple years. I think the only good movie within two years of that was like Guardians of the Galaxy. Like that was kind of it. That's Yeah, that's a solid film. Yeah. Especially if you look at like where it is in the timeline. Like you had a you had Ant-Man, which was pretty solid in my opinion. Then you had Ultron before that. And it's just like, uh. And then you had Winter Soldier, which people complain about Winter Soldier, but it wasn't that bad. I saw you shake your head with Ant-Man. Yeah, what what about Ant-Man? Ant-Man was fun for the first 45 minutes when it was actually a a unique heist movie. And then once it stopped being a heist movie, and it just became about, wow, look, another evil bald guy in a Marvel movie. Like, oh, it yeah. became really boring. I was like, wow, I saw Iron Man 1 in theaters, and this is <laughs> like that, but worse. So I am not I am not an Ant-Man fan in, in either of the films, uh, either of his films. So that... I think one was definitely better than two. I saw two once, and I think my direct quote when I walked out of that movie theater <laughs> with my friend was that end credit scene you know the one where they he comes back and they're all dusted yeah or where he doesn't come back that's right they all just get dusted I I think my quote was that end credit scene was better than that whole movie uh (laughs) yeah it definitely set things up for uh end game and like everything which was very interesting yeah but I mean phase three you had really strong movies that started off with civil war then you had doctor strange which kind of got weird but I liked it then you had Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2, Homecoming, which is one of my favorite films, Ragnarok. I mean, how can you go wrong with Ragnarok? Black Panther, Infinity War, Ant-Man and the Wasps, Captain Marvel, Endgame, and Far From Home. So yeah, Phase 3 was pretty great for a while there. I do not love all of Phase 3. I'm very divisive like that, Uh, but yeah, I don't know. I think Phase 3 had some shockers that I wasn't expecting, so like like out of sheer curiosity like what uh i i don't know probably other people saw this coming but i think definitely at the end when um in far from home when mysterio like reveals peter parker's like identity as spider-man like i did not see that coming yeah i i don't know where they're gonna go with that um i'm also not the biggest fan of the current mcu spider-man i think i think it's I, I think Vulture was great. Michael Keaton was a great Vulture. I'll say yeah. that Michael Keaton might be one of the best Marvel villains. But like beyond that, you know, I, and again, that's a whole other discussion because I yeah. have very nuanced opinions about the first one, especially. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I don't know. And, and I think it's interesting that so much of, I guess we're in phase four now, right? I can't, I'm, yeah. I'm too old to keep track of this crap. Technically, uh, Black Widow was supposed to be the start, but COVID. Yeah. Well, the majority of phase four is going to be TV shows. Which yeah. is which for the first time since maybe phase two, which was really which is really interesting, especially because I think that you know I'm a big fan of the old net, the Netflix stuff, like the the Netflix stuff. That's like Daredevil is arguably my favorite television series ever created. Right. Um, and you know what most people probably would say that's a step too far, but that's personal taste, right? And so, yeah. I, and I think it you know the shows are great because you can do weirder stuff in them for better or worse because it's both better and worse. Yeah. Um, but it's cool to me because I think with the Doctor Strange tie-in, 
we're really getting a part, we're finally gonna get more of a part of the the comics that people don't talk about a lot, which is like the mystic side of stuff, right? Like the whole, yeah. like the Sorcerer Supreme, um, kind of like even, you know, well, obviously with Wanda and like, you know, Blades getting a movie, I think again. Um, yeah. And they even kind of name dropped the Sorcerer Supreme and WandaVision to kind of like set that up because I think Agatha had a line about like how the Chaos Witch is more powerful than the Sorcerer Supreme, which whatever, say what you want about that. But yeah. And yeah, I thought that was weird. See, I thought it was weird because now like witches and sorcerers are different in this. Like I thought all the witches were going to do, you know, like the little circle magic, right? Where yeah. they raise their hands and everything and they did it. And I was like, all right, it's D&D where everyone uses different magic or whatever now. Like, yeah. so they're wizards and he's a sorcerer and it's like, okay, cool, I guess. Um, yeah. I don't know. I, and I feel bad because I really like this mystic stuff um, because I don't know if you read, um, there was a mini series in like 2016 that Marvel did, uh, the comics called Damnation, um, no, which... It, it's an absolute niche gem of a series where basically uh, Doctor Strange, like LA, I think, or Vegas, Vegas gets leveled in some big Avengers fight, right? You know, normal superhero nonsense. Yeah. And Doctor Strange basically goes, don't worry, guys, I got this and resurrects the entire city as Las Vegas. Yeah. But when he does, he opens a portal into the like the the different hells, right? Right. And so Mephisto comes in and takes over Vegas and makes it so that if you commit the smallest sin in Vegas, like jaywalking, anything, he snaps your soul. And he even snaps the soul of the Avengers. So like, this is when Lady Thor, so like Lady Thor, Black Panther, uh, Falcon, all these Avengers just get turned into ghost riders and are under Mephisto's control. So Doctor Strange, or well, he gets captured too. So Wong actually goes to all these mystical superheroes, like, um, and he assembles a team of basically these misfits and a-holes, Blade, Elsa Bloodstone, Doctor Voodoo, um, Man Thing, Moon Knight, and the original Ghost Rider. And he's like, guys, we're the only ones left. We got to do this. And so they, you know, ride into Vegas like these like the magic Avengers or whatever and they're all just hate each other and they're all arguing with each other and it's just it's pure gold so if you ever get get your hands on it I can even love it to you if you you get your hands on it like read it it's really cool um but yeah so I I love that you know that I'm sorry to ramble on for so long no you're fine go ahead um but I really like that you know maybe we're finally to get more into the magic side of stuff like you know Doctor Strange movie Blade Moon Knight's getting his own show, which yeah. uh, will become obvious very quickly. Moon Knight is one of my favorite Marvel characters. Uh, so I'm so scared it's going to be terrible. But, you know, he's getting a show, right? And yeah. so, I don't know. I think that's cool. Yeah, it just seems like Disney Plus was like, we finally have our own streaming service. Let's just keep putting all these out and whatever. And obviously, the trailer for Loki was revealed today. And it's oh, really, was it? Yeah. Okay. Since you haven't seen it, I'm not gonna like spoil it or whatever. I don't care. You can okay. talk about it. Well, care. okay. Um, so essentially he from the trailer, he's going like after the Tesseract or whatever and kind of fixing the timeline or whatever that he's already kind of messed up. So it's kind of weird. So like the timekeepers or whatever kind of yank him and was like hey, you messed this up. You have to fix it now. And it's like, oh, geez. Yeah, I don't know. I, I'm 
I'm going to watch it. Like, let's start by saying, no matter yeah. what I say about these shows, I'm going to watch them. Let's, let's be honest about that. Uh, yeah. I'm still convinced that Loki is only getting created because Tom Hiddleston was the perfect casting for that character. Oh, and Marvel is going to keep him under contract as long as they can. And that was the only reason this show exists. Well, they've already renewed it for, for a second season without the first <laughs> one even airing. And I'm like, what? Like, okay. So, yeah, like, they've already begun development and everything. Like, they're already in development for a second season. And it's like, you're putting a lot behind Tom Hiddleston. Not that he can't handle it, but okay. It's like being a Star Wars fan now. I don't know if either of you are, like, big Star Wars fans, but, like, Jesus Christ, there's, like, 37 <laughs> Star Wars shows coming out the next year. And it's like, there's no way half of these are going to be any good. But you know what? Yeah. I know. I'm excited for the Miss Marvel TV show, which I know. Well, is that is that going to be which Miss Marvel is that going to be? Is that's not going to uh, be Carol Danvers? It's Kamala Khan, right? Yeah, it's Kamala Khan. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Which I'm excited about. I think it's going to be interesting because apparently they have a like actual like Muslim Pakistani person playing her. So finally, like some diversity in it. So. They learned their lesson with Iron Fist. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. No offense, but I did not finish that one. I was so bad. I got three episodes in. I think I think we watched them like I was at a friend's house because that was what, like 2016, 17? Something like, oh, like maybe even earlier. It says 2017. Jesus. Okay. Oh. But yeah, I think we were like waking up at a friend's house and we were all like, just, you know, you wake up tired no matter how much sleep you got. Oh, and we were like, oh, we didn't feel like moving. So we tried to watch Iron Fist and we were all like, shut it off, shut it off by the third episode or something. Yeah. <laughs> I think obviously Daredevil was very solid, but I think the only other one that was solid for me was Jessica Jones. I Season thought that one was great. Yes, season one. It kind of fell apart during season two and season three. I didn't watch so, but yeah. I mean, David Tennant was such a good villain. Yeah, I he was mean, great. Ugh. I, I love the first half of season one of Luke Cage, because yes. because the first because Cottonmouth was so compelling. I don't know the actor's name off the top of my head, but you yeah. know who I'm talking about, right? The mob boss who plays yeah. the piano. Like, he was such a good foil to Cage, and he was also a great foil to Kingpin. And yeah. then they killed him. And I was like, and then I tried to finish the season, and it became so boring. And I was like, okay, I guess. Like, whatever. Yeah, I was like, he has this club. Like, things are popping. And then it was like, okay, goodbye. Like, now we're focusing on Kingpin. And I'm like, and part of me was kind of like, where's Spider-Man? Isn't he supposed to deal with Kingpin in a way? Like... I don't know yeah. it felt kind of cheap that they had such a good villain and they kind of like threw him under the bus so fast I I think that's becoming like I think that's forever haunted Marvel and I think honestly as long as the MCU exists that will be the haunting right yeah. because I think our I think I don't know if you agree with this but to me and with a lot of people I've heard discuss this like the great success of Marvel at least in film I should say in film is yeah. that you can get the average person on the street to care about your heroes. That's yeah. not something that a lot of people can do. And that's really what made these movies really successful is people who will never read a comic in their life cared who Steve Rogers was, yeah. right? And that's really powerful and that's really important. But there are, for every like movie that makes us love the hero, maybe 
half of them have villains that I'm just as invested in, right? Like yeah. Killmonger, Wilson Killmonger, Fisk, yes. Vulture, right? Like to name yeah. a couple of the great, Loki to name the, some of the great ones, but like yeah. not even half, right? Like, yeah. and so I, I think that will forever be the haunting of these Marvel projects. And that's how I judge them now, right? Do I care about the villain? If the answer is yes, it's probably a great Marvel thing. If not, probably yeah. not. And obviously Loki was such a good villain and the audience reaction to him was so great that they were like, okay, let's keep Loki on chain. But some of the other ones like Vulture and Killmonger, it was like, oh, we can kill them off. And then they didn't realize the audience reaction was going to be like so good to them. And it was like, well, what do we do now? Like, (laughs) well, I think Vulture lived, right? Yeah, Vulture Vulture did live. He went to prison. Killmonger died. But to be fair, though, I I would give. I knew he had to die, but. <laughs> well, I was gonna say I'd give almost anything. To, it's, it's Michael B. Jordan, right? Like yeah. I'm not going crazy. Okay. Yeah. I would give almost anything to see Michael B. Jordan reprise that role. Like, oh, 100%. I, after that movie came out, I actually started talking to some of my friends, and I was like, "All right, here's my pitch for how you get Jordan back in the role of Killmonger. You do like a four episode miniseries set in like 2003, 2004." And you do a mini series set. You can. You probably are going to do it in a uh, a, um, a fictionalized like I, I, like Iraq or something like that, where somehow uh, Killmonger, when he's still in the CIA, the Punisher, when he's still in Black Ops, and um, Mark Spector, who's a mercenary, who's he's the guy who turns into Moon Knight, right? Um, where the three of them are like assigned a mission together or something, and so like you have three of these just like full spec ops badasses just like trying to maybe they get lost or abandoned or something and like the three of them have to make their way back to something you know just something small but something where you can really let these actors because i think john bernthal's punisher is legendary yeah where you can just let these actors out off the chain and just be like do whatever you want for four episodes and i think it would be fantastic yeah i definitely think that they got rid of him way too quickly and obviously, like, rest in peace, Chadwick Boseman. But now it's like, where are we going to go with Black Panther 2? And it's like, we still like Killmonger around. We could have expanded on that and done something with that. But I'm convinced Killmonger is going to show up in the spirit world. I, whoever I sure takes hope over. So. Yeah, like, because I think Shuri is going to be the next Black Panther. I think that's the natural, you know, evolution of that storyline. And so I, I think that when she takes the herb or whatever, um, you know, maybe they'll CGI Chadwick Boseman in. That might be dicey. Yeah. Um, but I, I think Killmonger is going to show up and be like, you know, get, partake either wisdom or a challenge or something, right? I, I'm pretty yeah. convinced that's going to be a thing. I've seen talks of Shuri becoming the next Black Panther, and then I've seen some talks of M'Baku becoming the next Black Panther, which I think would be really interesting because I feel like M'Baku kind of got like, his moment of fame in that little scene with the I can't think of his name and I don't want to call him the white guy but you know what I mean yeah Um, yeah yeah I mean that scene was hilarious and then it was like oh M'Baku's just gonna help us out and he's gonna go and do his own thing so yeah well and and like that moment in Infinity War when he like you know when he like he pulls up the troops it's like and it's his troops right they're doing the, the battle cry right like I know one of my friends was starstruck by that moment. Like he loves Umbaku. 
You yeah. know what I mean? He's, he's, he's someone who attaches to side characters very easily. And so he was like, and so he was like, dude, I want like that guy to be like the guy, you know what I mean? And so yeah. that's interesting. I don't know if I would, if I would make that decision, but it'd be an interesting decision, right? Like yeah. it'd be. And then we obviously have the Wakanda series that they ordered too for Disney what? Plus. Yeah. Um, this was recent, so but they ordered a whole like series that's just gonna be set in Wakanda, which I'm interested in. That makes sense, about. yeah. Yeah. But I don't know like where they're gonna go with that either, because I mean they, unfortunately you can't predict anyone's going to die. He kept it very hidden, but it's definitely like where are we gonna go from here? That would be cool if um the the, the whole Wakanda series was just like like Okoye being a spy right or like yeah. or not she wouldn't be a spy um oh what's the other character's name the actual spy the one who's actually a spy it's been year it's oh. been a couple years since i've seen black panther i apologize oh. like the, you know who i'm talking about yeah right? i do yeah the yeah. the really yeah she like uh, just a whole show of her like counter espionaging people yeah in, in wakanda like that would be cool yeah and then you obviously like they've ordered a ton of shows i'm just like looking at the list right now and there's one called secret invasion which is just gonna follow like nick fury and like apparently his golden days or whatever which i think is i mean say what you want samuel jackson i mean i love (laughs) nick fury and the reason i made that deep sigh is because (laughs) i'm still not over how poorly the captain marvel movie treated his character like that still hurts me deeply and like I would want to do a full discussion on that because I still think that movie took like the one of the coolest characters in the the whole franchise and just like just eviscerated him for no good reason I I know we had to rewatch it recently and I, I had this theory and I actually counted he does not fire a gun for the entire two hour runtime of that movie. Wow. That's it's, crazy. It's insane. Man. The, and that just doesn't seem like Nick Fury to you. Like he would be the first person I think would draw like a gun. And I, wow. I'm, I'm still pissed about the cat too. That bugs me. Cause now every time I rewatch Winter Soldier and he and Samuel L. Jackson delivers that great line with such oh, passion. He's like, the last time I trusted someone, I lost an eye. And it's this yeah. really like defining moment for him. And then it's just like now it's a joke, right? Yeah. Like it's not, now it's a joke. And that that kind of retconning just drives me up. I know. Wall. And he has a great line because obviously, like the beginning of Agents of Shield used to go along with the movies. Yeah. And there, he has a great line where he saves um, Fitz and Simmons from drowning in, like, the first season after Ward throws them under the ocean. And yeah. he's like, you would do anything. And he's like, that's how I kind of lost my eye as well. And I was like, oh. And then it turns out to be this cat. And it's like, okay. Like, it just... I mean, not saying. I think Captain Marvel is a solid movie. But it's just like... Yeah, that, really in need cat. that in particular is what bugs me like that yeah. whole treatment of his character bugs me but yeah i don't know it didn't feel genuine to who nick fury is yeah so that series is probably gonna retcon what they messed up in captain marvel because that seems to be what they're doing now 
I know, and, and it's getting to the point where I think the films, I, I think we're hitting a new era in the Marvel universe where it's so big that it's mm-hmm. becoming unwieldy into the sense where like, you know, now we're in the era of retcons, right? We're in the yeah. era of, you know, we can do so much that there's no way it's all going to line up, right? Yeah. And like, and you know, the comics hit this decades ago and you can tell right now it's like, it's very hard to pick out what a good, like a good comic is, I, I think. And it has been for for decades, you know, yeah. like you can't go on the shelf and be like, okay, well, is the Spider-Man going to be good this month? You don't know. Yeah. And I think the, 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 the MCU is getting to that point. And I think that's like, you know, I think my, I, something we talked about before we did this was, yeah. you know, I think we both expected Hawkeye to show up in WandaVision. Yes. Right? We, we were both really, really waiting for Hawkeye to show up because he's the character who's, you know, connected with Wanda on that deep level. Yeah. And he just doesn't. Yeah, I would say, like, obviously, she was close with Steve as well, but Steve has already passed away at this point. So I was like, okay, Hawkeye is obviously the next person. He stayed with her in Stark Tower or the Avengers Complex. I can't remember which it was. And kind of, like, babysat her and everything. And she was the one who was like, hey, no, like, I'm leaving to go. And I, I don't know. I really expected him to at least show up, but it's like, He's probably dealing with the fallout from Natasha's death too, because you have that weird little triangle that was never really explored. And then it was like, oh, I'm married and have kids. And it's like that you had this whole relationship with Natasha, but whatever. <laughs> yeah. And and I and like the thing for me was like it wasn't like no one knew how to get in contact with him. Right. Yeah. Because like even if like, okay, Tony's dead, right? Do you really think Pepper wouldn't give you his phone number like and it's not yeah. like his farm is hidden anymore because his farm was a shield secret and all of shield or may or like or like maybe it was just fury who set it up but didn't yeah. all of shield stuff get leaked to the world with uh winter soldier yeah so like, it did it, where he lives sh- should be fairly public knowledge now like that's not like and it was obvious like uh, forgive me if i'm wrong it's been a while since i've seen endgame too but didn't he uh, or Infinity War, which whatever one. Well, didn't he show up in that scene when uh, Vision and Wanda are trying to live like their normal life and he's like the vigilante on the street? I think that's Endgame. Okay. I think he yeah. was pretty- it was like he was still keeping tabs on her even though he turned to this life of crime or whatever. And it was just like... Yeah, and, and like, in you know, going back to Age of Ultron, like, that scene where he looks at her and he's like, there are an army of robots, the, sky, the city is flying, and I have a bow and arrow. Like, that's yeah. one of the best scenes in the whole movie. Because, you know, like, that line, you step out that door, you're an Avenger. Like, that's a great line, right? Like, yeah. it's an awesome moment. And it just felt kind of hollow that there was all this, you know, buildup and there's nothing there, right? Yeah, and that's the only other time that we've seen Wanda have, like, this burst of energy. Like, obviously, it was a lot bigger in WandaVision, but she also had a burst of energy when um, her brother was killed, when Pietro was killed in Age of Ultron. I think a lot of people forget about that, but it's like, this has happened before. Like, she doesn't know how to control this power, so. Yeah, and I I mean, you know, is it now... 
whose responsibility is she now right like yeah because you know at this point things are not getting better like they're, they're just getting yeah. worse right yeah. like at first you just kill robots and that's cool because they're robots or whatever and then you kill people and then you accidentally start the sokovia accords and then <laughs> and then you um, mind control a whole town like this is just getting worse like who whose job is it now to like either either give her the axe or like get her under control right like yeah because I, I don't think uh dr strange is the right type of doctor you know what i mean i don't think his no. PhD is in psychology so you know I know, and I could go on a whole rant about the Sokovia Accords, but not today. And with that, I think that that is a great place to move off for our first episode. Yay! I mean, we talked for almost an hour. I totally didn't realize. <laughs> All right, so I just want to thank you guys for coming on again. This is in my forever humble opinion with our host Melanie Daniel, and thank you guys so much for listening.